Today's daf is Ksubis daf Samach Dalid. And we are eight lines from the bottom of daf Samach Gimel Omid Beis. Today's daf is being learned, L'ilui Nishmas, Chaim Melazer, Ben Yibadol L'chaim, Reb Shimshin Aryeh. So, we're in the middle of discussing the halachos of the Moiredes and the Moiret. So the Mishnah on daf Samach Gimel Omid Aleph said, A woman that's Moiredes al-Bailo, Poichsen l'amniksubasa. A woman that rebels against her husband, we punish her, we give her a knas. What's the knas? We reduce the amount of ksuba that she is entitled to. By how much of an amount do we reduce it? Machloikis tanoim. The Tanakama of the Mishnah said, seven dinarim every Shabbos, every week. Rabbi Yehuda said, seven trapikin every Shabbos, every week. What about a man that's moirate against his wife? He too, we give a knas. The knas is the inverse. We add to the ksuba amount. How much? It's a lesser amount. According to the Tanakama, it's three dinarim a week. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's going to be three trapik in a week. So whereas the knas for the woman is a seven, as it relates to the man, it's going to be a three. The Gemara Borda Machloik is what the definition of Meiredes and Meired is. Rafuna said, Meiredes means Mitash Meshamita. Rabbi Yosi Brebchanina said, it means Mimalach. The Maskana Sagamara, everybody agrees that a woman that refuses her husband, Tash Meshamita, is considered a Meiredes. And the flip side, a man that's going to refuse his wife, Tash Meshamita, is going to be considered a Meired. What was the Machloik is Rafuna held, that's the only definition of Meiredes. So when we talk about Meiredes, it means exclusively, she was Meiredes from Tashma Shamita, and he was Meiredes from Tashma Shamita. Rabbi Yisip Reb said, I agree that a woman that refuses Tashma Shamita is a Meiredes, but that's not the only way to be a Meiredes. A woman that's Meiredes me Malacha, she refuses to do the Malachas that a woman is obligated to do for her husband, that too would qualify her and put her into this very unique category that's known as a Meiredes. The Gemara on Samach Kimmel Amadei is part of Brisa, a longish Brisa, where the Gemara said that even though the Hashkafer of the Tanoim was that a woman that's Meiredes, we should treat her the way it's outlined in the Mishnah, meaning give her a Knas every single week. Machlik is what the Knas is. But that should be the general approach. However, Rabbi Seinu Nimnu, the Rabbi Seinu reconvened, they voted, that's usually what Nimnu means, and they decided that we're going to go about it a little bit differently. What are we going to do? We're going to put her on a four-week probation. And the way that Amayram explained this Brisa was, first Beznin would send Shluchim, they would sit down with this woman and they would explain to her exactly what's coming. Assuming that she was willing to take this risk for four consecutive weeks on Shabbos in the Bati Knesses, in the Bati Midrashas, there would be a clap on the bima by the Gabbai and he would talk about what this woman is being Meiredes and as a result, there would be tremendous busyness. The thought was that this would get her to come around. In the event that nothing changed, they would sit her down this is now after the four weeks. Once again, explain exactly what's going to happen. If she refused, we didn't wait, we didn't reduce the ksuba. She loses her ksuba, and that was the way the marriage was terminated. And really, the fundamental difference between the first approach and the second approach seems to be how long of a process this was. If we're going to reduce her ksuba every week by seven trapikin, so this is something that could schlep for a very, very long time, especially if she had a toysfus ksuba, 
Tosfos Ksubas Kksuba the main Afkimina fourteen Afkiminas the third Afkimina was the Mayredes. So really, this Knas is going to play itself out in the Tosfos. So this can go on for a long time. And really, the Rabbi Seinu Achazur Venimlo and they said we're not giving her so much time, meaning we're not going to humor her. Rather, this is going to happen over a four week period, and either she's going to chap or she's not going to chap. And if not, then we're going to have no choice, and we're going to go and we're going to terminate the marriage. The Gemara brought a Machlikis Amayroyim. Achlikis and what Rav Sheshashita was, Rava, others, but whether we paskin like the Mishnah or whether we paskin like the Rabbi Senu of the Brisa, if you take a look at the Rambam, the Rambam paskins like the Rabbi Senu in the Brisa. So even though it's a Stam Mishnah and it sounds like this is very much the way it happened, but Maskonas Hagemara, the way the Rambam understood it, the halacha is actually not like the Mishnah, but rather the halacha is like the Rabbi Seinu in the Brisa. So with that introduction, we're going to continue now to discuss the halachas of the Mayredes. Zok What exactly is the more precise definition of a Mayredes? And the Gemara is going to explain now the Mayredes from Tash which according to Rafuna is the only Mayredes, and even according to Rabbi Yisrael, is at the very least a form of Mayredes. Amra Meimer, said to Amra, Mayredes is a woman that says, really, I... I like my husband, meaning I'm okay living with him. However, I want to cause him tsar. He did something to me, and as a result, I'm going to get him back, and this is the way that I'm taking revenge. But if she would say that he's ma'as, I'm just not comfortable living with him. The person himself is someone that's disgusting to me, and I can't live with him. We're not going to force her to live with him. So if she says that the reason I don't want to live with him is because... He's Mo's, even though she's a Meredes in the sense that she's married, and one of the Chiyuvim of marriage is Oino. It's his Chiyuv, but you see it's her Chiyuv as well. And she's now refusing it. It doesn't matter. If she's coming from the perspective of Mo's Salai, so then the halacha is that we're not going to force her. The Rambam, when he brings this halacha in Hilchasishus, Perikidal al Halacha Ches, so Belushoni Azov, he says that a woman that says that Mi'astiu, I just can't be with him. She's not a shvuya, and she's not to be trapped in a marriage and live with someone that she doesn't want to live with. So that would not deem her into a myredes. Okay, so what then is the halacha? So this is where it's a little bit unclear. Rashi says that the halacha is that we are going to tell the husband to give her a get. But for sure, she's going to end up losing her ksuba. So Rashi says she's going to lose her ksuba. So we tell the husband, give her a get. Now here's the question. This is not Mufurush in the Gemara. Do we force him to give a get? Or do we not force him to give a get? Noisimla doesn't necessarily sound like force. That's the bottom toysus on the summit. So there's a very, very long toysus. Dibra maschal avol umra mozolai loy kaifinola. Where toysus brings a tremendous machloikis rishonim, whether kaifinoisola hoitzi or ain't kaifinoisola hoitzi, this toysus goes on to samachtal ramadal. Toysus's problem with the halacha being kaifinoisola hoitzi is that. There are different Gemaras, but Chazal were worried that a woman, if she knows that she has a way out of a marriage, she may make up a story even though it's not true. For example, a woman that says, we're ordinarily even there there's a tzad that we're not necessarily going to believe her. It's a and one of the major and it's not so posh it that we would accept her. I, based on the Mishpatei of course she should be believed, but there's a concern. Maybe she wants to marry somebody else. She knows that 
she can't terminate the marriage on her own. It's the husband's decision. But this is a, a card that she has that she can pull out in the event of. So this luchura would be no different. Let a woman say, Ma'asalai, I'm not a shvuyu, you can't trap me. And now we're going to force the husband to give her a get. So that's toysvist nidin, it's a very long toysvist, ayin shab. Either way, but the point is, as it relates to the meredes of our sugya, it's talking about a woman that's being clear that be'etzim she can live with this man. She's not saying, I'm trapped. She's not saying that he's so sonui to me. But they're poshit fighting. They're having significant shalom bias problems. And within the context of the shalom bias issues that they're having, she's refusing tashmish. Refusing Tashmish Amita, Alzenemar, the Sugi of Meredes. Who said this? Amemar. Mazutra, Amemar, Mazutra said, no, Kaifinullah, that the halachis of Meredes apply to even a woman that says that Maus, Maus, Allah. Zokhtimar, Vuvda, Vachba, Marzutra. There was a Maisha Shayakachoya where Mazutra actually passed him based on his halacha. He forced the couple to come back together. Even though she was saying Ma'as alive, and nothing many Rebchanina Misura, and from that zivug, from that couple came out the great Rebchanina Misura, and the Gemara felt, or Mazutra felt, anyways, this is a riot that I'm right because if I was wrong, then Rebchanina Misura went to cave in this marriage. But the Gemara says Valoi Hasam Siata Deshmaya Hava. It was a special Siata Deshmaya, but this is not something that should be applied to an everyday halach. Zok the Gemara, an anecdote related to our sugya. Kalsei the Rav Zvid, the Shneer, the daughter-in-law of Rav Zvid, Imrida. She was married on her husband. She had a shira. She had some article of clothing that was part and parcel of her ksuba. She had brought it into her marriage as part of her ksuba, and this was something that she had. Now Rashi says that what was the nature of this meredes? She said ma'usalai. So Reb Zvid's daughter-in-law said ma'usalai. She's holding on to chachir. Now what's the halach of a woman says ma'usalai? So we don't go through the whole process. Rather, we tell him to give a get, koifin, not koifin, and she ends up losing her ksuba. And the shaila was, is this chachira that she was holding on to, was she going to lose that, or was she not going to lose that? That's the noise over here. Yosef Amemar, Umar Zutra, Rav Ashi, so these three great Amiram were all sitting. For Yosef, Rav Gamda Gabai, Rav Gamda was also there, Yosef Vakamri, and they said the following, Mordo, if Sido Bloyser Kayomim, they said the halach is that if a woman is Mayredes, in the case where she says, Mosolai, she's going to end up losing her ksuba. Not only is she going to lose her ksuba, but she's even going to lose the Bloyser Kayomim. She's even going to lose the worn out clothing, meaning even an article of clothing, even that she's supposed to lose out. So this is what Amemar Mazutra and Ravashi said. So Amadur Rav Gamda, so Rav Gamda was there, and he said, Mishum Rav Zvid, I understand that Rav Zvid is on the other side of this entire, I mean, this was his daughter-in-law, she was my redas against his son. So the assumption is that Rav Zvid doesn't want her to get more, Rav Zvid wants her to get less. Oh, so you're being machnef, Rav Zvid, meaning you're saying that Rav Zvid's son can even take away the, the clothing. It's not true. Why is it not true? Because for Amar Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana said, Rav had this Iboy of Leibashin. He wasn't sure what that Allah is. So how do you have a right to Neman for Adava Pasha that that's what it's going to be? And by the way, it's more than that, that if Rav was not sure, and she's holding on to it right now. He wouldn't be able to take it away from her. So they felt that they were being machnef rabzvid by passing it like this way. Ikadamri, some had a slightly different version of the story. Some say, Yasri what they said was, Marda, So again, it was Rabzvid's daughter in law. It's a member Mazucha Ravashi. Rav Gamda was there. And she's holding on to this Chachira. And they passed in just the opposite. They passed in, in favor of the daughter in law. They said that if she's my redes, she doesn't lose the Bloyaser Kayaman. Amadu Rav Gamda. It's Rav Gamda 
said, Mishum de Rav Zvid gavar Rabahu, Afchisu Leiladino Ilovi, because Rav Zvid is a, is a gavar Rabba, so therefore you're going fakert from Rav Zvid. So what does that mean? If he's a gavar Rabba, you would chan for him. Here, if he's a gavar Rabba, you'd go fakert. So Rashi says, because you know that Rav Zvid is a big onov, and you know that if Rav Zvid is going to He'll be mavater. So this is like an easy way of resolving this dintayr, right? If a dying can resolve a dintayr in a way where he knows one person's a, a mavater, then it's, it makes his job easier. But it's not oiskahalten. So they told him, Amar Rav Kahana said, Mi that Rav wasn't poishit and because he wasn't poishit so how do you have a right to do that? So Toysfus says, then I don't understand. So then say, That's the next Toysfus. But either way, it's up to Yomara. Bottom line, whatever the version of the story was, one thing we know. We know that Rava was not sure what the Allah is. That in the event that she's holding on to it, it's a suffix. So what's the bottom line? If she is holding the Allah, we don't take it away from her. As in, if she's not holding on to it, then we're not going to give it to her. And then the Gemara continues and says, We wait 12 months, Agita, for the get, and during those 12 months, she's not going to get any Mizoinus from her husband. Now, as it relates to this line of the Gemara, which looks a little out of context, there is a major Machloikis Rishonim, what exactly this means. L'shoinei hazav of the Magid Mishnah. V'yesh be'inyonim elu. He means the whole sugya, but he's saying it specifically on this line of the Gemara. Deyos chalukin l'mefarshim z'chayin l'vrachos. If you look at the mefarshim and all the Rishonim, there's a lot of different days. Bottom line is, the Machloikis Rishonim is, is this line of Mashina Latrechi Arsi Shasa, referring to the woman that was Meredes, which she said, Mo'osolai. That's the way Rav Rishonim learned. The Rambam and other Rishonim say that it's actually referring to the Meredes of the Mishnah. That even though the Meredes of the Mishnah, we know, works with the Knas or the Rabbi Seinu, which is the Pesach of the Rambam, that after four weeks the whole thing was resolved, but really they used to wait 12 months. So it sounded like four weeks and Gamarnu. The Rambam, the way he brings the Allah is he brings it with Umashina Latreich Also, Each one of the Pshatim has a lot of caches. All discussed in the Rishonim, but like the Magadishna said, we do what we do, which means we go said, In the name of Shmuel, we write in Igeris a brief of Merida, of rebellion. For an Arusa, the ain't koitz finigeres merit al shemeres yom, but we don't do the same for a shemeres yom. So first things first, what's an igeres merit? An igeres merit is a woman that was meiredes. They went to Bezdin, and Bezdin paskin that she's a meiredes. So Bezdin gives it to the husband in writing because he doesn't have it in writing. How's he going to be able to prove years later that she was a meiredes when it comes time to the ksuba? So there has to be an accounting. There has to be a cheshbon. We need a spreadsheet which lays this all out. So. The Igeris merit was essentially Bezdin giving the husband, or vice versa, in writing that there's a Merida taking place in this marriage. So Rav Tuvi said in the name of the great Shmuel that we write an Igeris merit for an Arusa, it sounds a little bit like the halachos of Meredes apply for an Arusa. They don't apply for Oshay Now, just to clarify before we start the Gemara, till now we've been discussing a Meredes is either a woman that refuses Tashmish Amita or a woman that refuses Malacha. In Arusa, there's no Tashmish Amita, there's also no Chiv Malacha. A Shemeris Yavim, there's no Tashmish Amita, and there's no Malach either. So, what would it even mean? A woman is Meredes, 
an Ar- when she's an Arusa or when she's a Shemeris Yavim, or in the re- reverse case, a man who's being moirate against his Arusa or against his Shemeris Yavim. What it would mean is that the Arusa was meredes, that she's not moving forward with the Nesuin. The Shemeris Yavim is not moving forward either with the Yibam Mechalitza, as we'll see in the Gemara. And vice versa, the man is, is not living up to his end of the bargain. But the point is, it's a slightly different type of meredes and a slightly different type of meirit. But regardless, Shmuel said that we write an Igeris merit for Narus and Afresh Meris Yavam, which means that there's a halacha of meredes. The significance is not whether we write it or not. If we don't write it, it means there's no halacha, there's no parish of meredes. So basically what we're saying is there's a parish of meredes for Narus, so there's no parish of meredes for a Shemeris Yavam. How could that be true? We learned this b'risa twice already. This is the list of women that are subject to the laws of meredes. It mentions Arusa, and it also mentions Shemeris Yavam. So how could Shmuel say that there's no parish of meredes for a Shemeris Yavam? It's before it's in the b'risa that there is a parish of meredes this when it comes to Shemeris Yavam. So the Gemara is going to say three Terutzim to answer this question and this is going to be Malavos until the two dots on the bottom of the Yom. It says the Gemara the first says, kan shetavahu, kan shetavahi. The Braiso that says that there's Meredes even for a Shemeris Yavam is talking about where the man was Teveya. So the man, the Yavam, went to the Shemeris Yavam and said, I have a mitzvah. Let's be Mekayim the mitzvah. And she refused. So then the Allah is that a Shemeres Yovam that refuses has a din of a Meredes. When Shmuel said that a Shemeres Yovam doesn't have the parasha of Meredes, he was talking about a Meired. He was talking about when she's the one that's being Teveya, the mitzvah of Yivam, and he's the one that's refusing. So if he's Teveya and she refuses him, that's Meredes. That's the Braisa that Shemeres Yovam is included in the parasha of Meredes. When she's the one that's Teveya and he refuses, even though he's included in the parasha of Meired, just like she is, albeit at a lesser penalty, but he is included in the parasha. But when it comes to Shemeres Yovam, there's a nafkamina between him and her. Now what's this based on Zakti Gemara. Amar Rav Tachlifa Baravimi Amar Shmuel. Rav Tachlifa Baravimi said in the name of Shmuel Tava who Niskakin Loi. If he's the one that was Teveya Niskakin Loi, Tava he ain't Niskakin Loi. So Shmuel already said chilik between Tava who Tava he. With the Shemeris Yovam, and that's how we would be Miyash of the steerer between Shmuel and between the Bryson. But the Gemara says like this: You're telling me Shmuel's Allah is talking about where he was married. Meaning she was a Shemeris Yovam, she was Teveh, and he was married. So if that's the case, the words of Shmuel doesn't seem to click so well. Because Shmuel's Lashin was What does it sound like? And Arusa did something bad. She was the Meredes, and we're writing on her in Igeris Merit. This is not on her, it's for her, it's on her behalf, because her husband was the one that was married on him. So the Mar says, Holy Kasha, for that, that we're not gonna knock out this terrorist, because Tini Le Arusa. You could always say Le Arusa. But the Gemara has another problem. This is gonna be a Kasha. Deloitte meaning Holy Kasha. That's not a Kasha. This will be. What's the difference between a Shemeris Yovam? Meaning, why we why which will hold that a Shemeris Yovam that's Tevea, even the Khalitza, the halach is that he doesn't have a din of a Mayrate. If the parish of Mayrate applies even to the man, so why is this not a situation of Mayrate? And just to ask the question even a little bit better, in Arusa that's Tevea Nasuan. And he is not willing, Shmuel said in the same breath, is considered a murder. So why would she be not? So the Gemara says, what's the reason? Meaning, why is it that if she's Toiveya, the Yibom, and he refuses it, he's not a murder? The reason is, Domrinola, because we tell her, Zil, loy mifkedis. 
Go away. You don't have the mitzvah to do this. I Meaning, if it was your mitzvah, then you could be teveyet. You don't have the mitzvah. And because you don't have the mitzvah, so, mehechatesi, says the Gemara, Rusa nami neymala. That Rusa, you could say the same thing. Zilloi mifkades. She doesn't have a mitzvah to get married. She doesn't have the mitzvah of Yibun. She doesn't have the mitzvah of Puriyavarivya. These are not her mitzvahs. These are all his mitzvahs. I mean, this is a major discussion, but the point is, that's the Pashup shot. And if that's the case, so what is the difference then? Between the Shemeris Yavon and between the Arusa or B'milam Acherim, if Shitaka has no mitzvah, so why then does Shmuel hold if she's Toivea Nesuin and he refuses that he has a dinner of a Moirid? Ella, the reason for that probably is Baba Machmas Taino. It's because it's true she doesn't have a mitzvah, but she still has a schos because at the end of the day, if she's married, she's going to benefit from it. How so? The Umro, because she could say, I need a shtekin for my hand, and I need a shovel to bury me one day. So who's going to be the chutra Her husband? No. Rashi says it's her children. The children that she's going to have from this marriage. So she has a then if she's a shemeris yavam and she's coming to be even though she doesn't have the mitzvahs yibum and the yavarivya that comes a darich the yibum, but at the same time she wants a chutrul yada umar lekfur. Ella the Gemara says you're right. You can't say that that's pshan shmuel. You can't say that there's a chiluk between tavahu or tavahi and that there's a chiluk between a shemer siyavim and an arusa. This can't be an akud over here. shmuel was talking about where he was tavaya and she's the one that's my redis. And by the way, it's better than the diktok in the lashon of shmuel. Kaisvinigeres mered al arusa. We don't have to change the gersa to le arusa. We can leave it al Arusa. And the Bryce is also talking about where it was Tabahu. So we have Shmuel that said Tabahu, the Bryce that said Tabahu, but different halachas. Shmuel said that if he was today the Shemeris Yovan and she refuses it, there's no Igaris marriage. She's not considered a Mayredis. The Bryce said she is considered a Mayredis. Like Kasha, it's not fair. Kan Lachloitz, Vikan Liyabin. The Bryce that says that if he's Toiveya, the halacha is she is a Mayredis if she refuses, that's if he's Toiveya Chalitza. Shmuel. <coughs> it's talking about where he was Tevea Yibam. Amra Padas, Amra Byoichanon, it's Mefurish and something Rabbi Yoichanon said, Tava Lachloitz Niskakanloi. If he was Tevea for Chalitza Niskakanloi, then we do everything to make sure that she's going to end up doing what she needs to do. Tava Liyabim. However, if he was Tevea Liyabim, Ain Niskakanloi, then not. Zokti Gemara, Maish, Noli Yibam Deloi. Why is it if he's Tevea Liyabim? The halach is that we're not going to necessarily be Niskakanloi, Damrinonle, because we tell him, Zilva Nasiv, it's Achriti. You can always marry somebody else. And I mean, you can do chalitza, but you can marry somebody else. And as a result, you don't need this woman necessarily to marry. So if she's refusing the chalitza, we should tell him as well, you have a right to go ahead and marry somebody else. Meaning, how is this impacting his life so much? This is You can marry somebody else, so go marry somebody else. Elo, you have to say, because he's going to come back and he's going to tell you, because if I don't do chalitza, it's going to be hard for me to marry somebody else because nobody is going to be interested in marrying someone that has an agidus to somebody else where there's a potential of a tzara coming into the marriage so the same should be true as it relates to the to the yibum so then why is it 
Meaning he's going to say that if you don't let me be miyabim her, it's going to be hard for me to, to marry somebody else. So the Gemara says that can't be the chiluk either. The chiluk can't be where you teveh liyibam or you teveh lechalitza. Elo, idiv, idiv, shetavol liyabim. Shmuel and the Braisa are both talking about where he was the one with the teveh. And they're both talking about where he was teveh liyabim, but like kasha, kan, commissioner rishoyno, kan, commissioner achroyno. Here's the punchline of the sugya, which, by the way, has major implications in Mesach des Yivamas. And that is the Tanabinun to the Mishnah Mitzvah, even Kedemus, Mrs. Chalitza. If you read the psukim in the Torah, if you have then you would certainly get the impression that every Yibam situation, what's the L'chatrila? It's to do Yibam. And then, in then there's a mitzvah of Chalitza. But Rishayna, that was true in the olden days. When people had Kavanah L'shom Mitzvah, but Achshav She'im Meschavnu L'shom Mitzvah, but now that people don't have the proper Kavanahs anymore, Amru, based on Abishol and Yuvam Islamites, Mitzvah's Chalitza, Kaidemes, Mitzvah's Yibam, that really Mitzvah's Chalitza is Kaidemes, Mitzvah's Yibam. What does this have to do with this sugya? In a world where Mitzvah's Yibam is Kaidemes, if the man would be Tevei Yibam and she would refuse, we would force her. And she would have a dinner I read this and she continues to refuse. But in a world where Mitzvah Chalitza is Kaidemes, we don't want Yibum because we understand that people are not being Muhammad Mitzvah. So then it's just the opposite. If you're Tevei Yibum, we're gonna, we don't want you to do Yibum anyways. And because we don't want you to do Yibum anyways, certainly if she's going to refuse the Yibum, she's not going to have a, a Dinah Mareddis. Now, Tais has a whole discussion over here. What if they both want to do Yibum? Meaning, we're saying that in the world of the Mishnah Achroina, where Mitzvah's Chalitza's Kedemes, where Mitzvah's Yibum, if he's Tevei and she refuses, so she's not a Mareddis. What if they both want it? So there's a long Tosfis over here, and really this Gemara and this Tosfis is something that we talked about in Masech Tis Yavamis, as Hashem, a related raid bite for anyone that wants to dive a little bit deeper into Yavamis and this is very much a very important because what really emerges from this Gemara is is that, let's just put the Gemara together before we get too excited, and that is that we had a steer. Shmuel said that there's no parasha meredes when it comes to a shemeres yavon. The Bryson says mefurish that there is a parasha meredes when it comes to a shemeres yavon. The Gemara had a whole bunch of different eights, but really the maskana, what the Gemara said was, is that Shmuel's talking about in the Mishnah Reina. And in the Mishnah Reina, if he's tevel yibum and she says, no, she's not a meredes, you know why? Because we don't want you to do yibum. I, the Bryson, that was the Mishnah Rishayna when they used to do yibum. So a man that's tevel yibum, of course there would be a parasha meredes. But in the Mishnah where it's carved the inner beats of Lad Mamza, like Abishol said, of course, in that world, it's not going to be that way. In other words, Shmuel seemed to paskin like the Mishnah Reina. It seems like Shmuel already, in his days, was taking the position of the Mishnah Reina of Abishol, and that is you don't do Yibum. Why is this important? Because the major machloik is Rishayna, what we paskin. Do we paskin mitzvahs Yibum as Kaidemes or mitzvahs Chalitza, like the Mishnah Rishayna, or do we paskin mitzvahs Chalitza as Kaidemes or mitzvahs Yibum, like the Mishnah Achroina? It's a major shayla, kipshutai. There were two minhagim in Klai Yisrael. There was the minhagim of the Anshe Sfard, who followed the Rambam, Ukedoima, that held mitzvahs yibam is kaidemes. And then there was the world of Ashkenaz, that followed the Psaki the Ramah, which was based on the Bali Toysvis and the Rishonim, who all held that mitzvahs chalitza is kaidemes. One of the very strong Marim B'Kaimis that at first glance would seem to support the idea that mitzvahs chalitza is kaidemes, or mitzvahs yibam is this Gemara. Because here we have an Amoira Shmuel who seemed to pask in halacha l'maysa like the Mishnah Either way, returning to our regular program, and that is the Mishnah. So the Mishnah said that a woman is Meiredes, is a Knas. A man that's Meiredes, there's a class. But, as we've mentioned, it's not so subtle. The class is very, very different. The class for the woman 
is with a seven. Seven dinarim, seven trapikin, it's seven something. The knas for the man is with a three. Three dinarim or three trapikin. What's going to emerge in this Gemara is really two things. Let's just pick one of the shirim. The Gemara is going to talk about the trapikin, so we'll talk about the trapikin. And that is the cheshben of seven trapikin that we cancel the woman is, it's one trapik per day. So it's seven days of the week. This is a weekly fine. So it's one per day. That's basically what's happening. Seven days of the week, seven trapikin. The man, is knas is going to be three trapikin. What's the cheshben? The cheshben is, it's not a trapik per day. It's a half a trapik per day. And it's not for seven days. It's only for six days. So there's really two fundamental differences between the knas of the woman and the knas of the man. The knas of the woman, number one, we're penalizing her for seven days. That's one. Two, the amount is a full tropic a day. For the man, we're only penalizing him for six days. And per day, it's only going to be a half. So it's more severe for the woman than it is for the man. And this is this seems to be incongruous and it needs a little bit of a pshat. And that's this next Gemara that we're going to learn. So first the Gemara asks the question that we've all been wondering. What is this even? Let alone how you pronounce it. So Rav Shesha said, Astira. You want to know what it is? It's an Astira. Rashi says, Sela Medina. This is some sort of Matbeah. The Kama Astira. Okay, it didn't help us that much. What is an Astira? It's Palgud It's a half a Zuz. So Rashi says, when we say Zuz, number one, we mean a Zuz Tsuri, which is made up of six Mo Kesef. Nimsa Zok Rashi, that a trapic is three mois. So it comes out that each trapic is three mois kasef. So from the perspective of the man, if we're going to give him a class of three trapic a week, and each trapic is three mois kasef, so it's three times three, essentially the class is going to be nine mois kasef. It's a brayse. Rabbi Huda says, Shloitsha trapikin, Sheheim Teisha Mo'in, which is nine mois. And what's the cheshmin? Based on what we said in the introduction. Because we're giving him a class for six days. So if it's nine more kesef for six days, so it's one and a half more kesef per day. We said that the man, it seems like we're giving him a class for only six days. For her, it's seven days. What day, not Tuesday? No, probably Shabbos. There's always something unique about Shabbos Kodesh. So the question is, why do we give her the knas for refusing Shabbos and him? Not many. It's not that she's refusing Tashma Shamit on Shabbos. This is a weekly fine. But the point is, for some reason, we're taking Shabbos added a cheshben when it's with him, and we're including the cheshben when it's with her. So the Gemara says, Shmuel told him the following answer, a chayshem mishpan answer, and a hilcha Shabbos answer. He, 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 the mifchis kapachis, she, who her knas is, is that we reduce the amount of the ksuba, it doesn't look like schar Shabbos, it doesn't look like he's making money on Shabbos. When she's my red desk, he profits, right? So, it doesn't, you're not allowed to make money on Shabbos. But don't look like Tzachar Shabbos because you're reducing it. But if he's Meiru, we're going to be Meiru. Mechzik is Tzachar Shabbos. And because it's Mechzik is Tzachar Shabbos, what are you supposed to do? But he had another question. What's the difference between the Meiru and the Meiru? Rashi says, why is it that the Meiru, the Knas is only a Chatsi Trapik, as opposed to the Meiru, it's a full Trapik? He told him, Go to the Shuk Shal Zainis. Not literally, and over 
over there, you're going to find out, you'll understand what the difference is. What did he mean to say? What would you see in the Shuk me. Who hires who? The man is the one that hires the woman, which means that the man's taiva is bigger than the woman's taiva. So if she refuses Tashmish Amita, so that means that for him, it's more of an Avla, meaning he is going to suffer more from it than if it's in the reverse. And therefore, her knas has to be more than his knas. The Gemara says another shot. The man, if he has a Yetzirah and he can't control it, it's going to be Nikr, Rashi says. The Kishoy Erva is going to be Nikr Umeskana. And it's going to cause him Gnai. And it's for that reason we penalize him her more of a zu and as a result, this is not going to be an issue. So the Mishnah Vaita. So moving along, discussing the same halachis of chiyuvim between a husband and a wife. Hamashris ishtoi al shlish. So the Mishnah is talking about a man that was supporting his wife, but he was doing it through a shlish, through an apetropist, through a buckler. What happened? This man had a house, and his wife was living in this house. He wasn't living with his wife. Now he wasn't living with his wife. Is a man not mechuyev to live with his wife? The answer is no. She'er, yeah, ksus, yeah, oyna, yeah, different chiyuvim that we're about to see. But he doesn't have to live with her. There's no such halacha. So, we're discussing a man that has an apartment, his wife is living there, and there's an apotropos, some shlish, some third party that's responsible for delivering the food and the different things that this man has to give his wife. So we're talking about someone that was mashra es ishtoi al shlish. So the question is, how much food does he have to give us? This is going to look like a menu, right? We're just going to go through a whole bunch of things that this man has to do. Number one, you have to give two kavin of chitin. Oi? If you prefer to give soyrin, you could, but then you have to double the amount. It has to be four kabin. The Gemara is going to explain what this means, but Rabbi Shmuel is the one who said this. He lived next to Edoim, so for him, it was true, two kabin of chitin, or four kabin of soyrin. Additionally, you have to give a half a cup of kitnes, half a leg of shemen, a cup of groigris, what a groigris, dry figs, or a mana, that's also an amount of pressed figs, let's say he doesn't have figs, you can give some other fruit, he has to provide her with a bed, different mats, he has to give her a hat to cover her head, he has to provide her with from Yontif to Yontif. So every Yontif he has to provide her with shoes. Every year he has to give her Kalim that are 50 Zuz. Can't give her not new clothing during the summer, or worn out clothing during the winter. Supposed to give new ones be Then they'll be older and the worn out, and that's what you're going to wear during the summer. Any leftovers, she gets to keep it. Meaning the worn out clothing. Next year she's getting new clothing. So what about last year's clothing? She gets to keep it. He gives her a makasef. That's just like little petty cash. Shabbos, so even though he could be he doesn't have to live with her meaning he can literally send the food through a delivery but at the same time Shabbos, you have a to live with your wife let's say he doesn't give her the then she keeps her in the Gemara. doesn't mean the or the moiser of the okay so she needs to provide for him this is the Iker Maisiyadayim, not the Maisa Maisiyadayim. What's the Iker, the Chi of Maisiyadayim that he has, right? He supports her, she gives Maisiyadayim. We just laid out in more detail what the Mezoinus looks like. So what does she have to give in return? 
Mishkal Chomesh Sloim Shesi Bihudas. In the event that she's a, a weaver, so it would be the weight of five Sloim of the Shesi stitch. There's the Shesi and the Arif switch. So of the Shesi stitch, Bihuda, Shein Eser Sloim Megalil, which is the equivalent to ten Sloim in Galil. Obviously, the Sela in Yehuda is twice the size of the Sela in Galil. So five in Yehuda would equal ten in Galil. Or the Mishkal of ten Slam of Arim Yehuda, which is the equivalent to twenty in Galil, and that's because the Shasi was twice the weight of the Arim. But the bottom line is, that's what the Cheshman is, the Moisa If she was nursing her child, then we require her to work less, and the reason is, number one, she's a shtikal achayva, she's a meinekes. We'll see about this a little more tomorrow. But also, she's providing and she's contributing in another way. And we give her more food because now she's eating for two people. So she has to have more food. This list that we just said, this is the minimum. This is related to the Anisha Yisrael. However, but if you're dealing with someone that's a mechubid, then the Allah is is going to be that it's lefich foydoi. You're going to have to support lefich foydoi. What does it mean that this is the minimum amount that even the oni shabi yisrael has to give? The Rambam's lashon is vim haya oni biyoser the eino yochal litein la afilu lechem sheitzrichala. You can't provide it with the basic needs. Koyfen oisay lahaitzi v'tiak subasa choyval of achati matzi yadam yitin. This is something that is an absolute requirement. And afilu oni shabi yisrael doesn't matter who he is. You can't. Then you have no choice. Then koyfi v'yitin super. This is an obligation that the husband adds towards his wife. Either way, so the Mishnah mentioned in somewhat greater detail what the chiyav mizaynus is. So we've been talking about the chiyav oyna for the last few dafin, and now we're returning to something we spoke about earlier, which is the chiyav mizaynus. So today's daf, really from here until the bottom, is going to be technical, and it's going to discuss the first halacha of. The Mishnah, meaning the first thing on the menu, and that is that every man who's being mashra is ishtoi al yedei shlish lo yifchoi slo mishnei kabin chitin oy me'arba kabin soyer. So it seems like the sheer, the amount, is shnei kabin chitin. Now let's just clarify one thing. This is a weekly amount. So the shurim that we're talking about, when we say shnei kabin chitin, it wasn't so clear, but it means that it's for the week. So you have to give two kabin of chitin for the week. So the assumption is, is how much bread would a person need to eat over the course of a week? It's two kabin of chitin. That's the cheshben. Now, how many sudas does a person eat during the week? The Gemara is going to talk about this now. So during the average day, Chazal were of the impression a person ate two sudas. Based on that, if there's seven days in the week, and there's two sudas in the day, there's going to be 14 sudas. Now, you also have to take into account shalashidas. And shalashidas is another meal. And as a result, if you eat three meals on Shabbos, so you're going to end up with not 14 meals, but you're going to end up with 15 meals. So with that little bit of an introduction... Let's see, uh, not such easy Gemara. Who is the time of our Mishnah that said that what? Two kabin of chitin is enough 
to satisfy a week's worth of meals, which is 14, or more accurately, 15 suttas. It's not Rabbi Yochanan Mabroika, it's not Rabbi Shemin. Meaning, we're aware of a shita's Rabbi Yochanan Mabroika, who gave us how much chitin a person needs per suda. And we're sure of a shita's Rabbi Shemin, as in Rabbi Shemin Baichai, who also told us, he was megalatas, what exactly the shear of chitin is per suda. And it would seem that this number that our Mishnah said, it's a stam Mishnah of two kaven of chitin, is not like Rabbi Yochanan Mabroika, not like Rabbi Shemin, which the Gemara thinks is a problem, because who is the shita? Throughout Shas, this comes up in big sugis, as we're about to see. There is a very important nafkamina of what the Shir Suda is. And it seems like this Shir Suda is a very mechudish Shir Suda and doesn't seem to reconcile with anything that we know from different places in Shas. Zok de Gemara. The What's the Makart Rabbi Yechim Mabraikim Rabbi Shemin? And this Mishnah is in Mesechta's Erevin. And it's discussing the halach of Erev Tchumen. So if a person makes an Erev Tchumen, the way you make it is, is by setting up so, Mazen Shtei Sudais is the Shir of Erev Tuchumen. So, we had a Machlikis Tanam, what exactly that Shir is. Says the Mishnah. What is the Shir of Mazen Shtei Sudais? Luchol Echad Ve'echad Kamesh Yuroi. Every person that's partaking in this Erev Tchum, so if there's 10 people that are using the Erev Tchum, each person has to have his own Mazen Shtei Sudais. Okay. It has to be a... A, a meal that a person would eat during the week as opposed to a meal that a person would eat on Shabbos. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, L'shabbos No, just the opposite. It's a Shabbos thing meal. It's not a weekday meal. And they both were trying to be mekel. I mean, the machlekes is, do people eat less on Shabbos or do people eat less during the week? Okay, these are the next two sheets that we need. Rabbi Yechem Eber Rabbi Yechem says, <coughs> you want to know what the shir of Mazen Shtei Sudas is? It's a kikar. It's a loaf of bread. Halakuach pepinion, that if you went into the marketplace to buy, you would have to pay a punyan, that's a matbeah. May our bun son lasella. When four soim of chitin cost a seller. So in a world where four soim of chitin cost a seller, then a kikar, which is very small, that you would only have to pay a punyan for, that's the definition of Muslim shtei sudas. We'll explain this in a minute. Reb Shimon, I mean, Reb Shimon had a different definition. He said, shtei yodos likikar. He said, Muslim shtei sudas are two-thirds of a bread. Misholosh kikarois likav. When a kav of chitin can yield three kikaris. Chetzio, says the Gemara, half of this year. Meaning, half of Rabbi Yochanan ben Broika's share and Rabbi Shimon's share, respectively, is the Beis Hamanuga. Is the share that Chazal used when they determined the Beis Hamanuga. So, what's the share of the Beis Hamanuga? The Allah is if somebody enters a bias that has a nega, a bias could become a Metzaira, he becomes Tomei. If he's there for a certain amount of time, then his clothing would become Tomei as well. So, what's that amount of time? It's the amount of time that it would take to eat a certain amount of bread. What? How big is that bread? So it's half of the aforementioned chair. The chatzi chatzi, half of half of that is lifsoilas agvio. The loch is that if somebody eats something that's tome, he himself becomes tome. It's midrabana. But if a person eats something tome, then he himself becomes tome that now he can't eat truma anymore. So if you're a kayan that it's oichel truma betaira, and you eat a dover tome, so now you're considered tome in that you won't be able to eat truma. How much would you have to eat? It's half of half of that share. The chatzi, 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 and half of half of half of that share is the kabbal tumas oichlan. That's how big food would have to be in order for it to be makabal tumas oichlan. By the way, 
How big does food have to be in order for it to be makabal tumas oichlin? Kebeya, right? Tumas oichlin throughout Shas is always kebeya, which means chatsi, chatsi, chatsi of this shear is the shear beya. So you see why this shear is a very important shear, because the shear beya is, is a critical shear. It's negay tumas oichlin, it's also negay the kezayas, because how big is a kezayas? It's machlokis rishonim. Either it's a half a beya or it's a third of a beya. But really, we get to the shear of zayas through the beya. That's the Nebuchadnezzar the same as Shuvah is about Neskat and Wabetzim, etc. But the point is, it all comes from understanding the Beitzim. And you see that understanding the egg itself comes somewhat from this Machloikis. So this is a very important Machloikis. But the bottom line is, the Gemara says that if you take either one of the Shittas, the Shitta of Rabbi Echel Membroika and the Shitta of the Heilig Rav Shemayichai, it's not going to work because their definition of what a Suda is doesn't stem with our Mishnah's definition of what a Suda is. So really, in order to understand this Gemara, we have to take a step backwards and we just have to understand for a moment the two Shiurim, the Shir of Rabbi Yechen and Membroika and the Shir of Rabbi Shimon. So what was the Shir of Rabbi Yechen and Membroika? Mazayin Shtei Sudas, again, this is two meals. The Mazayin of two Sudas is a loaf of bread, a small loaf of bread, a loaf of bread that you can buy for a punyoin where four Sutton of Chitin cost a Sela. Now, the relationship between a punyoin and a Sela is a punyan is one forty-eighth of a sala. So really what we're saying is that it's a loaf of bread that cost one forty-eighth of four sot. So there's really a few different ways you could do this, but this is the easiest way to do this. And that is uh, sa is equal to six carbon, which means that four sa, because that's the number that we're working with, is equal to 24 carbon. Uh, Sela is equal to 48 punyoinen. Because if one pundian is 148th of a sela, that means a sela is 48 punyoinen. So really what we're saying is that 48 punyoinen equals 24 kaben. Because four soyen is 24 kaben. One sela is 48 punyoinen. So what we did was, is we just converted the four sum of to the sela, to 24 kaven, to 48 punyoinim. You know what that does for us? It gives us a very clearly defined ratio between the pundyoin and the kaf. So if we're saying now that what's the kikar? The kikar is how much bread you can buy for one pundyoin. And we know that the ratio between pundyoin and a kaf is 48 to 24, or 2 to 1, that means that if you now have one pundyoin and the, ra- the ratio between pundyoin and kav is two to one, so one pundyoin would get me half of a kav. So that means the definition of a pundyoin is a half a kav. If Rabbi Yechem and Breike says that that's mazoin shte sudois, so what's mazoin suda achas? It's half of a half a kav, which is a quarter of a kav. So that means one-fourth of a kav is going to get you one suda in Rabbi Yechonim and Breika's world. What did the Mishnah say? You have to provide your wife with food for the week. How many kaven of chitin do you give her? You give her two kaven. What's two kaven? That's how many one-fourths are there in two? Eight. So you're basically giving her mazin shmoyin sudas. She needs 15 sudas. What's she going to do with shmoyin sudas? She's going to be starving by Wednesday. So it's not going to get her through the week. So l'chayra, zok de gemara, mani masnisin, loy rabbi yoichinem embraika. Because according to rabbi yoichinem embraika, mazin suda achas is one-fourth of a 
kav. And from the Mishnah, it's mashma that two kavim can get you through the week. L'chayra, it's not going to be able to get you through the week. That's Rabbi Yechim Mimreka. What about Rabbi Shimon? So Rabbi Shimon's shir was different. Rabbi Shimon's shir was, shtei yodos of likikar, two-thirds of a kikar, mishalosh kikar is l'kav. So, it's two-thirds of a kikar when there are three kikaros to the kav, in English. Two-thirds of a bread when three breads equal a kav. Okay. If three breads equal a kav, that means one bread equals one-third of a kav. Right? If there's three breads to the kav, so one bread is a third of a kav. If Rav Shimon is saying it's two-thirds of one bread, so really it's two-thirds of one-third of a kav. But that's only mazayin shtei sudos. What's mazayin sudachas? It's half of that. So it's one-third of one-third of a kav. What's a third of a third? One-third times one-third is one-ninth. So essentially what it is, is it's one-ninth of a kav. So whereas according to Reb Shimon, the shear of suda achas is one-fourth of a kav, according to Reb, according to Reb Yechem and Breika, the shear of a suda is one-fourth of a kav, according to Reb Shimon, the shear of a suda is one-ninth of a kav. Now if the shear of a suda is one-ninth of a kav, and you're going to give your wife two kavim, how many sudas is she going to get? She's going to get 18 sudas. Now we're talking of her. She doesn't need so much food. So the Gemara's finer than is. Mani Masnissen. Loi Reb Shimon. It doesn't work with Reb Shimon either. And the Gemara speaks it out very gishmak. Mani, who is the Tana of the Mishnah? E, Rabbi Yechelem Embraiko. If it's Rabbi Yechelem Embraiko, who through a long-winded cheshbin, but in courts, holds that what is the shear of Suda Achas? It's one-fourth of a kav. Tamni Havyan. So if you're giving her two kav, and essentially what you give her, you gave her two kav, you gave her eight sudas. She needs more than eight sudas. The ear of Shimon, and it's if the Tana Mishnah is going to coin to Rav Shimon that holds that a suda is one ninth of a kav. If you give two kavin, you gave Tamni three havin, you gave eighteen. It's too much. So Luchur, who's the Tana of the Mishnah? It's not Rav Yechem and Break. It's not Rav Shimon. I'll tell you that the Mishnah is going to coin to Rav Yechem and Break. And you have to shout to something that Rav Chizda said. Rav Chizda said this in another context, but what he said was same mehen shlish lechenfini. He said that when you cheshben these things, you always have to cheshben a third of the chenfini. In other words, when Rav Yechem and Break said a shear. See, he said, Kikar lakuch bepundin. He's talking about the man on the street, you go to the shuk, and you're going to now buy a kikar. And how much are you going to pay for the kikar? You're going to pay a, a pundin. You're buying retail. So it's where the retail value of a kikar is going to be a pundin. That's what kikar lapundin means. When we say, may arbison lasella, we're looking at it from the standpoint of the baker, the person that's making the bread. He's the one that's buying the chitin. You're not buying chitin, you're buying bread. So he bought the Chitin, and he has to go ahead and make it. So he bought four sum of chitin. He paid a seller for it. He made it bread. Now you, the end user, are ending up paying a punyan. But here's the point. The point is the baker is making a parnosa. So he's obviously profiting over here. So how much is he profiting? So Rav Chizda said, say mehen shlish lechenveni. Now, he's not profiting a third. His margins are actually 50%. Shlish milavar, shlish milagav. But the point is one third of what you're buying is actually not going towards the actual cost of the material of the chitin that went into your bread, into your lafa, but rather it's going to give him his parnosa that he needs. So really then, really, you're not getting a full punyan's worth. What you're getting is two-thirds of the punyan's worth, which means that if Rav Yoichem and Reuke said that a suda achas is one-fourth of a kav, 
based on the math that we did, you have to take the number one-fourth and multiply it by two-thirds, which means it's not going to be one-fourth, but rather it's going to be one-sixth. So now it's one-sixth. Now if it's one-sixth, the numbers are a little bit different. Why are the numbers different? So now how many sudas do you have in two kaven? Now you have 12. Not eight, you have 12. So just like Rav Chizda said over there, it's saying mehen shlish lechenveni hachanami. So to over here, I see Tilsa add this third shadi alayu, and like this, it's going to be good. Abazok digemar, still not good. Akati tartis three havin. It's still only twelve, right? Lachar you need more than twelve. So the Gemara says aicheles imoy lele shabbos. He eats with her. Leil Shabbos, the Mishnah said that, that even if you're mashtress, ishtayal, yidei shlish, but at the very least, Leil Shabbos, you do have a chiv to live together, and being the Leil Shabbos, you're going to eat together, so the Friday night meal is going to be off the table. We're not done yet. So the Gemara says, that's all good if you learn that when the Mishnah says, Eichelus imay Leil Shabbos, it means literally you're going to eat Eil, but according to the Mandama that says, what does Achila mean? It means Tashmish. We'll see about this in tomorrow's daf. So that's not true. There is no halacha for him to eat together, and besides, Fleiser having it's still not a Enough. So good, you still, uh, you got it up to 13 meals, but you need at the very least 14, and if we take Shalashidas into account, then you're going to need 15. So we're still short. So the Gemara says, Alek Adam Rav Chizda. Rav Chizda, in a different place, said, There was one Rav Chizda where Rav Chizda said, There was another place where he said, That the profit margins of the Chenveni are much more. He actually doubles. He's, he has a, he's working on 100% margins, which means whatever you paid for a Pundian, really you're only getting a half a Pundian's worth of value, which means your Suda, which Rabbi Yechman Breka held as one-fourth of a kav, it's really not one-fourth of a kav, it's one-eighth of a kav. Now, if it's one-eighth of a kav, so how many Sudas are you going to end up getting? Now you're going to end up getting 16. But the Gemara says like this, You can make it. But the Gemara says, before we even get back to our Sudya, let's digress. Here you have Rav Chizda that said that he's working on a third. Here you have Rav Chizda that says he's working on a half. So which one is which? The Gemara says like, there were certain places where when you would buy your bread, you would also get TV. Wood would come along with it, maybe to finish baking it or to heat it up or whatever it was. But you used to get wood together with it. So if he provided you with the wood, so then his margins ended up being bigger. If there wasn't wood, there wasn't wood. But the point is, is that's what that nafkamin is going to be. But bottom line is, we'll be making the Mishnah that it's talking about Azazart Chenveni, where the Chenveni is someone that is working on where it's uh, 100% margins, so it's Tnulem Mechzel Chenveni, and therefore, the Mazoin really, the Mazoin really is one half, and being that, not we're talking about, Rabbi Shimon is, Rabbi Yechem is talking about a case where the person's working on these margins, and as a result, his, what we thought was one-fourth is, it's really one-eighth, and therefore, how many Sudas are there in his formula? It comes out, it's really 16, because if the Mishnah says two kafin, and Rabbi Yechem said a quarter of a kaf, but really in a quarter of a kaf, you're paying a lot of odef, based on the formula that got us there, which means how much are you really getting? You're getting one eighth. So it comes out to 16. So the Mishnah says, it's also not good. Yochi should say haven. 16 is not good. So the Mishnah says, you don't have an eighth. Come on, Rabchitka? You mean Rabchitka? Is that going to be shot here? The Mishnah says, after all this... We're going to come down to Rav Chit, who's Rav Chitka, the Amma. Rav Chitka is a famous sheet in Perakol Kisvei, Mesech the Shabbos. He holds Arba Sudas, Chayi Badam Lacha the Shabbos. A person doesn't have a Chiv to eat three Sudas, a Chiv to eat four Sudas, right? You go to a Kiddush, maybe it's Rav Chitka. But either way, there's a Chiv to eat four Sudas, Bishabbos. So, Lachaira, there's four. What's the Cheshman? If it's four, oh, then it's going to be very good. Because Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the six days of the week, it's two is twelve. And then Shabbos Kaidish, it's another four. 
it's going to be 16. So Mar says, that, that actually works. Meaning, Gavaldik. Hocha b'mayaskin at the town of the Mishnah is Rabbi Yechem and Breika. Based on Rabbi Yechem and Breika's cheshbin, each sud is made up of a quarter of a kav. But really, it's an eighth of a kav. If it's an eighth of a kav, so how many meals do you get in two kav and of chitin? You get 16. And a person eats 16 sudas. When you cheshbin, six Days you're eating two, and one day you're eating four, you end up with the 16. But that only works if you go according to Rav Chitka. And the Gemara thinks it's a big doichik to say the Mishnah is Rav Chitka. The Gemara says no. You could say it's going according to the Rabban. Could be that really you're providing with 15, and you give her an extra meal like this. If there's any archim that are going to come, she'll be able to take care of her archim. If you're willing to go down this road of the archiu parchi, then have a much easier way. I feel the it up shimmy. We don't have to make all these akimtas, all the margins, and, and we don't have to stop becoming accountants for the chenvenis back in the day. It's very, very simple. Loyalim are going according to Reb Shimon. What was the problem with Reb Shimon? It was 18, because he holds that it's one ninth of a kav that equals the mazoin of Suda Achaz. So Shtei Kavin is 18. So the question was, why are we giving her 18? There it is. There's extra for the guest. The Rabbana, according to the Rabbana, that hold that you eat three meals on Shabbos. So how many meals do you eat during the week? 15, three of them will be for the Archeoparchy. The Rabchidka, and according to Rabchidka, that says you eat four on Shabbos, how many meals do you eat during the week? It's 16. Then you're going to have two for the Archeoparchy. One last comment. So the Mishnah said you have two choices. Either you can give two kaven of Chitin, or you can give four kaven of Sa'irim. And then Rabbi Yossi said, like, only Rabbi Shmal, who lived near Edom, he was the one that was Pasak Lasayim. So the Gemara says, Meaning it sounds like you can only give Sayyim if people eat Sayyim. Samuch Edoim, they used to eat Sayyim. Edoim is modern day Jordan. But in all the other places in the land, nobody ate Sayyim. Gemara says it's not true. Gemara says, This is what it means. Pasak Sayyim, Keflayim, Bechitin. Ela Rabbi Yishmael. It was only Rabbi Yishmael that was Pasak Sa'orim Keflayim Bechitin. Shayu Samach Le'atayim. He lived Samach Le'atayim. Mipneshe Sa'orim Adumiyos Ro'isayim. And the Sa'orim that were Adumiyos, they were Ro'is. They were inferior quality Sa'orim. Because they're inferior quality Sa'orim. So the ratio between Sa'orim and Chitin would be a, uh, a ratio of two to one. As opposed to another place, of course it gives Sa'orim. But we're just saying that when the Mishnah gives this blanket formula and says, you want to know what it is? It's a two to one ratio. That was like Pasak Sa'orim Keflayim Bechitin El Rabbi Shmuel. Not like Pasak Sa'orim El Rabbi Shmuel. Like Pasak Sa'orim Keflayim Bechitin. It's this formula and it's this ratio that is what Rabbi Yossi was referring to.